0: match review here on Roger Pines I am Scott McLeod, and we're here on the go-home show for the Royal Rumble 2000, and you heard the last couple of episodes, I had Dits on from uh, Project Dits, and I'm keeping kind of the collaboration between Dits and Roger Pines going as uh, a podcast associated with the uh, Project Dits under that same kind of umbrella from the, it's uh, rain from the hallway wrestling podcast, how you doing man?
1: I'm good. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, this is really exciting to be on. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to diving into the show.
0: That's good. I'm glad that uh, you get you kind of reached out with some other guys from Tits about doing this because, like I said, I like getting the uh, newer people on the show I talk about a strange and fun era in, in wrestling.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it's new for me because I'm 19 years old. So I would have been i would i wasn't even born when the show happened um sorry to date people or date this show but um i wasn't even born and i just haven't been i've been so engrossed in modern wrestling that i haven't really got a chance to go back um we do take over throwbacks um which is not really going back. it's just that, that that's as much as our reflective uh, goes <laughs> we're look we're looking to do more reflective um reviews uh soon uh so watch out for that but um yeah, it's just really interesting to see the difference between now and then because I had a lot. As I told you before we start recording, I had a lot more questions and answers in my notes.
0: Yeah, because you mentioned before, like while you're watching, like you like never really watched this, this era, and so I just have blown away. There, like I'm 24, and I, I, it's very rare that I'm the oldest person on a on a podcast here. So, <laughs> thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> so what really would be kind of your were you consider your era? when would you have actually started
1: watching i like to ask people this oh um well i can remember when i started watching i probably wasn't allowed i think um <laughs> i i would have said i was probably i think my earliest memory and i keep telling people this um it's very specific we used to have like a kind of a tv that connected from downstairs to like that whatever was on the tv downstairs would be shown in my parents bedroom so there's like a little mm-hmm. there was like a little small little monitor and we had Sky, I think. and we just got it and I was watching a show, I think it was in the build up to Mania, twenty eleven or ten. It was either twenty eleven or ten. I think Edge was kinda promo on the screen. And I think someone saw it downstairs and got really angry and then had to turn it off really quickly. So I think that that's my first memory. Um I don't remember when I started like getting invested in it and watching it every week. It probably was around twenty thirteen, maybe. Um, other than that it was kind of off and on and off and trying to sneak around and watch it but then I kinda of got obsessed with it and then that, that it went from there and now we here we are now.
0: Yeah, 'cause like this year I don't really claim to be like an expert on it because I think I probably wasn't watching at this point. Like I'm like barely four years old I think by the time this episode's madness happened, so I'm not watching until like a couple of years later. So I'm more end attitude Russell's aggression kind of person, but a lot of the stuff i know about in retrospect to so like going back and watching kind of older stuff what you said about like having a lot of questions that's one of the things that i love about doing this show is like people watching this kind of and like on its own like bubble whereas i'm watching basically everything that's going on at the minute so i'm kind of a bit more clued in so i can answer any any questions that you've got
1: yeah yeah you, you're gonna need to provide some context for a few things um some of the things are pretty self explanatory and quite colourful, um, but some you need kind of a bit of a backstory. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was fun to watch and an hour and a half as well on on the network. Uh, one thing I did have a lot in my notes was a lot of the jump cuts. It was really heavily edited in on the network version, but. Um, no, it's it was a really interesting show to watch back, and it might might have ignited my flame to go and watch more shows because I know the Rumble was one of the best Rumble pay per views ever going on. I know you're going to be reviewing that, so we don't want to talk about that. But but the build to that seemed pretty pretty on par with what the pay per view was like. Yeah,
0: it's strange because uh, one of the longest builds I think that I've had since doing this because Armageddon was in the middle of December, and so I had like six weeks. It's like the sixth episode of SmackDown between Armageddon and the Rumble. So, quite a lot of time, and yet some of the matches still weren't, they still didn't start the build until two weeks ago. So, it's just weird there's so much happening in that space of time. Uh, last week was a pretty iconic moment in SmackDown history where Mick Foley did the, uh, the transition of stopping being Mankind for a while and brought back Cactus Jack to feud with. Triple H oh, yeah. uh, for his match at the Royal Rumble because he figured I'm going into a street fight in MSG and he's my most sadistic persona because by this point they're heavily into the whole three faces of foley thing
1: yeah um, it was quite it was really cool the storyline throughout the whole night um, of Triple H assuming the Jack catch uh, Jack wasn't there and then obviously as we'll discuss later he, he, he was in attendance and it was there was a lot of good. There was a lot of funny moments that probably weren't like that were that were probably just normal back then. But we find them funny because we're living in this context of twenty twenty and the PG world. Um, there was just some really cool. So I just can't wait to dive in and just to try try and when I did a review, we did Halloween Havoc have a like ninety seven a few weeks ago did and just trying to break down all this stuff in twenty twenty context is just brilliant.
0: Yeah, because. It's hard because you'll go from well, trying to think about it at the time but then there's things you, you look at and you ha- you can't not look at them with the <clears> as a modern fan thinking like, you can do that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's
1: a lot of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that here. Uh, I usually also watch the Raw's as well. I kind of volunteer doing it like, two or three so weeks oh. into this and then I kind of just got stuck with it. But I'm kind of happy because even though like it's not about reading the rules. I just note down what happens because it may provide context for SmackDown and when we get to pay-per-views. But I'm already noticing a change-up in both Raw and SmackDown since we got into 2000, widely, widely thought of as one of the best years for WWE and Raw. I, I'll mention opened with Cactus Jack, cutting uh, a promo about Triple H about how he forced mankind to go to the dark place to bring back Cactus Jack shows footage of Katniss uh, Jack's first appearance in the WRF from back in 97. That was also at MSG where the Rumble was going to take place, where it was against Triple H, and basically said it's going to be, that, what happened in 97 is a shred of what's going to happen to Triple H at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Triple H comes out, and Triple H says he's also going to go to a place he's never been before in order to beat this Jack. And then uh, that leads to a massive brawl to off brawl with DX, The Rock, The Big Show, and The Acolyte uh basically like the typical kind of chaotic attitude there of brawl is sort of a typical episode of raw
1: yeah um it just it's like it's like every just everybody in the same segment just get them all in there and just it's it's just balls to the wall stuff it's crazy it's 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 kind of like it is today but just with a lot more um violence and uh and a lot more color, colorful, uh, a- colorful actions and language. Um, it was just really interesting to see uh, people bleed into every single segment. Like even if they weren't involved in a few, you'd see them in a segment or something. It was, it was, it was a learning experience in any way. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a good,
0: the accolades are there because they're going to face the outlaws at the rumble for the tag team titles. say, Man characters Jack and control have their issues. The Rock and Big Show want uh, to win the rumble uh, and they also don't like each other because last week and try and hold your surprise here last week on Smackdown the big show turned heel yes I know it's very
1: unlike him one of his one of his 30 what was it 40 heel and face turns he has
0: well this is January of 2000 we met this last week I was counting ones that haven't happened also as part of the review like the ones that weren't featured on the review since we started it so go back to February 99 we debuted He's been around for 11 months This is his fourth turn Because he debuted as a heel Turned face Turned heel again He joined with Undertaker Turned face During a feud with Bossman And then winning the title And then turned heel On the Rock Because the Rock called him a jabroni, And he
1: took that personally he, he's he's a he's a phenomenon, um, and some of his face turns. I was watching a quiz Mania, which is a show that they quiz that Wrestle Talk to, and it was I've like, seen that, yeah, yeah. So they've had one of the rounds was like guessing Big Show and the reason, and it was just he turned heel because he turned up bad. <laughs> <That was> literally <laughs> just. No reason. He just turned up and he was bad. No reason. <laughs> he was good guy a few minutes ago and then he sh- oh, he was a bad guy when Drew McIntyre won the belt, but then he came back with no beard and now he's a face helping Drew McIntyre. Because that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, hey, and like you said, all the stories bleeding into each other. We had the accolades against Triple H and Xbox on Raw, which inevitably turned into a two. It's weird that. The acolytes, the good guys, were beating down smaller Xbox, but disappear where it's starting to become a case that Xbox just annoying and everybody hates them now. So mm-hmm. we enjoyed seeing them get beat up until the Outlaws came out of the match and ended up getting thrown out. Get used to hearing that. Uh, and then, on, right before the match between The Rock and Big Show and The Outlaws started, a uh, Rock and Big Show immediately started punching each other despite the Jack back, he's trying to get them to get along. <laughs> and basically the Big Show just let the rock get beat up before eventually getting put, pulling him out of the ring so he could be up the outlaws on his own. The rock smacked Big Show with a chair, basically hitting the big show so much that he allowed the outlaws to win so that after the match he could hit him, we have people's elbow that he closed out raw.
1: Okay. Um yeah, uh, chair shots are gonna be another team that were on my notes. Wow, I didn't hold back with the chair shots. Um but yeah. We'll talk about, we'll talk about them when they come, but yeah, um I'm just looking forward to trying to get some answers to my questions in this show, to be honest. Yeah, the the share shots
0: are a thing that it's hard to look back on and uh there's probably gonna be a lot more in this throughout this year. So, like, there was one really bad one we talked about last week where uh, Bradshaw was putting a two on one handicap match against the outlaws and it was giving made no DQ and he was holding Billy in had kind of follow away slam position. And he turns around and Bro Dog hits him like, right on the, the head with the chair. So like he's holding Billy Gunn. His arms are in use so he cannot protect himself in any way. And he just takes the full force of the chair on his head. And like, who is Bradshaw even go on and make so much money on the stock market? Like, I was expecting him to have massive brain damage with shots like this because he's like this big tough tech. And I don't care. Hit me in the head with anything.
1: Yeah, maybe that turned him into the dick we know today. Maybe that, maybe that, maybe we pinpointed a moment where Brad shall turn into a dick. <laughs> maybe you can, like the sentence, you can actually pinpoint the moment he
0: becomes an actual dickhead. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it was, no, it was interesting, sadly. I think the word is interesting for me. Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll dive in, Miss and I, I will mention things that happen on Raw uh, when context is uh, needed. Uh, but that is the main story of Raw that you do before coming out of this cold open, which seems to be a running theme where basically something will happen where people are talking basically to give you exposition to start the show. And then we get the big fat down intro and all the pyro and then our first match. Uh, we have a cold open with DX, as it usually is. They're in their locker and they're all happy with themselves after what happened on Raw. And it always even told us, you know what, you're going to get the night off. But not you, Xbox. You've got a match with Test." And Xbox. pox and i like, What well, Tess, come on. And Triple H says, don't worry, because if you win this match, you're number 30 in the Royal Rumble. And like, they said, oh, we picked the names out with the hat, like, which you know they obviously didn't because, you know, Tess was the guy who was meant to marry Stephanie before Triple H uh, got with her. And, but, like, even if it, in some fictional world, yeah, it was a random thing, imagine. Who's going to take them? Probably the best spot in the Rumble. Tess and Xbox.
1: Yeah, um, very TNA cold open here. People sitting in a room discussing shit. Like I got those TNA vibes. TNA twenty like circle Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) X Pack who I know now as Six from uh, his WXW exploits. Uh, Yeah, he gets the number thirty, and he was talking kind of about how he's going to win and how that's going to be a really marquee match. And Triple H is like. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> if you win, if you win the rumble, you're laying down for me, and I'm having the night off. Um, yeah, the Outlaws are quite happy. Um, that's about to bite them in the ass. You can tell straight away. They're like, "Oh, we've a night off. Everything's going to be grand." Nah, nah. It's never, never grand for the uh, bad guys. Um, yeah, and uh, Stephanie said that it's going to be a great night for us. That was, uh, just sets the scene. Yeah, she said it's going to be a night to
0: remember. Goes, oh, but Cactus isn't here. Because apparently a family member is sick, and instantly you like, like, he's going to show up."
1: Mhm. And JR on, I mean, sorry, Jerry on Jerry Lawler on commentary, who will get to later is like, is like, "Yeah, he's got a family member who's sick." Ha ha. Funny, funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that Triple H's segment involving character Jack happens at the end of the show, which hey, we were talking on last week that the thing where character Jack did the reveal opened the show, but it really should have closed it. Because they the last week's not doing with its best segment to start off with. So like once you've had that that reveal, you can't really go then into a, a Steve Blackman match or a headbangers match. It's just not the same level.
1: No. Um. The the crowd is electric. That's that's a note that I have from when the I love the intro and then the crowd is electric and I miss the signs in the crowd.
0: Yeah, so many signs. Hard to keep I sometimes try and... Was like, make note of signs, but the camera's all for moving so fast, you can't keep up with it. Uh, I can't remember if it was even on Ross, but I just seen a woman with a sign that said, let me smack that rock bottom or something like that.
1: Yeah, no, the Look Up Cultaholic Top 100 si- Crowd Signs, they're amazing. Some of them are just amazing. And I have one for the, from the main event that we'll bring up later. But no, the signs are just so cool. And they're just never getting back in because it's so PG you now. Mm-hmm.
0: And we open the show... With casual Thursday Big Show coming out with his big leather coat and his weird hat, like, like so <laughs> take your coat off indoors. You're not going to feel the
1: benefit when you go outside. It's Bloody January for God's sake! Long hair Big Show too, and yeah. uh, and Scott, I uh, I had my bingo card out um, while I was watching this uh, my wrestling show bingo card, and I, immediately I was able to tick off the You People promo off the list.
0: <laughs> <Immediately>.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just easily
0: He comes in and works with his promo as Rockwell and he's like, why don't you like me?
1: <laughs> oh, big show. It's because you're a twat. <laughs>
0: That's the whole, why don't you like me? I'm pretty sure the same like, verbiage that he's using here is the same verbiage you use when Netflix informed him that his show got cancelled after one series.
1: He's like, why oh. don't you like
0: me? Because your show is poorly written and poorly acted.
1: Hey, the Big Show and Mark Henry and Mick Foley singing "I Want It That Way" last year was a moment on a, on his on his little TV show. Do not they're not diss Big Show TV shows; they bring golden moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, so like like you people like he's basically he's to the people beyond his say because The Rock was mean to him, but he didn't care on the fact that The Rock is entertaining, and you're not. So we like the rock and not you and he's like, well I'm sorry I can't be the rock. But you people will never be me. You'll never be seven foot and five hundred pounds. Like considering like from people like Andre's Angel worth seven foot and close to five hundred pounds, like considering how we know now how difficult life can be for people that size. I don't think that's a brag that we'll never be seven foot tall or five hundred pounds.
1: No, I don't want I I don't want to be on I don't know I don't want to have a documentary on TLC about me to be honest. But um, but yeah, uh, and Big Show says, uh, "Of course he's winning the Rumble," and that's the same thing every year. It's like, "Of course Big Show's winning the Rumble," because who can throw a seven foot three man with five hundred pounds of weight over the top rope? It's just impossible, Scott. It just can't happen. Big Show should well, win all the Rumbles. I know the fact he he's never won a Rumble
0: is bizarre, and I think this year you can forget them for it because like it was his first ever Rumble. And then in the years since like when you get to fucking twenty ten, you're asking who can eliminate the big show. What you should a uh, should say then is go back and watch every rumble he's appeared in since two thousand and you'll see how anyone can eliminate the big show. They've done it in a variety of different ways. One year R Truth eliminated him and Mark Henry at the same time.
1: hmm Yes, he did. But um Big Show thrown around strong words like hate too. hmm Very, very disrespectful. He
0: said that the Rock, you're the People's Champion. You can have the damn people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm smacking them fighting words, pal.
1: (laughs) The the smack is about to be laid down.
0: Uh, And it comes the Rock, and basically, as I said earlier, he was like, "Hey, show. You are seven foot tall, five hundred pounds. You are one of the most physically impressive athletes we have ever had in the
1: WF and you come out here, and you say, why are you booing me? <laughs> um, the Rock captures the crowd like no other. I mean, I've watched videos before, but my God, he has them in the palm of his hand. He looks great. I just have a quick like little, like it's one of those notes where you're like, what, why, why did I put that down? But I see a lot of The Rock and Ricky Starks on AEW at the moment, the look and the promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so good. I, I, one of my favorite wrestlers right now um, behind John Silver. Um, but uh, <laughs> But I love John Silver, but like the rock, just that energy and uh like charisma is just natural and it watching it and kind of like trying to watch it in the two thousand bubble and seeing that response I can't imagine what that been that would have been like live. Jesus, that was a pop and a half.
0: I, I I do love the the Ricky Starks comparison you made, I can definitely see that. I actually interviewed Ricky Starks for another podcast to do a uh, eat, sleep, sleep retreat. It was, this was back in like 2019, right before that, into the fire pay-per-view when he was part of the NWA. And I think he did bring up some of his like, favorites and people he looked up to. And I'm pretty sure The Rock is in there and he talks a lot about his influence in that. So I, can, uh, so I think like he intentionally does take a lot from The, from the Rock. And The Rock on Raw was this, like, Would you like to retract your statement about what you said about Big Show being a drabone? He goes, yes, yes, I would. Because really it's a big show. It's a seven foot tall steaming pile of monkey crap. And <laughs> he can into his interview where he's trying to see Jabroni try to spell it and he clearly gets lost in what he's needing to do. He goes, Jabroni, J A B R X Y Z R O Oh, it doesn't matter how you spell Jabroni.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. They hang on as every word, the crowd. And I uh, I didn't know you did eat sleep V3. I listened to a lot of their interviews, so that's that's a nice nice little thing to know. So but um but uh no they hang on his every word, word popping for most things and then we get a third man in the mix <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah because like the rock goes maybe the rock will walk down this ramp and then he goes down He there's gonna be a show off and then out comes a uh, Kane alongside his girlfriend tori who's looking rather lovely i think it's, it's best to be said she, she is
1: she, she is looking lovely but i have so many questions why does kane have a girlfriend He's a fucking That's monster. Why does he have a girlfriend? Please explain it to me, Scott. That mask. Ladies love the mask. Oh no! Seriously, like, is there? How did he? Please tell me out a story. Like, is this like? Is is has, has she been his girlfriend for AIDS, or is this like a recent thing? Did he kill so, someone and she liked it? She she was, has been with him since like October. And I think
0: it was just a thing that happened. Like one day, he was like, "Oh, Kane is with Tori," because Tori's original gimmick when she came to the company was. She was like basically hard Sable did the Mickey James Tristratus thing where uh, Tori was a fan of Sable and then they feuded and then Tori uh, turned face after Sable left the company now she's with Kane. Basically, she's like one like consolation after X Pac betrayed him when they were a tag team and she's basically what keeps him sane and he just, the idea of like he'll do anything to protect her and there uh, was a weird change in dynamic when there was because Tori's not saying she's a great talker. That she's a decent enough talker because like, she can talk for Kane because Kane, at this point, he can talk but he can't really understand the hell he's saying because that mask is covering up his mouth. And she, she... Kane lost a match in December and the situation was made that Kane lost so Corey has to spend the holidays with X-Pac and then she goes against her will and then comes back and says that X-Pac was a gentleman and... Basically, ever since she came back, anytime any guy looks her the wrong way, or somebody says, her, oh, I heard this guy was doing this thing about you. Basically, she says to Kane, "Go kill this guy for me."
1: Okay, there's the context.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like I said, that Tori's looking very nice here, and she's trying to deliver like the idea, like, well, it's not just you two; you could potentially win the rumble, you'll know, Kane as well. And the crowd are just yelling about puppies. <laughs>
1: yeah um she's not usually on promos i've heard and so she did well to get the words out right especially when the crowd were screaming about her puppies um but yeah she did look very lovely um great career um (laughs) but yeah no and then like i love triple h's character at first impression his his uh promo was really good when he came out really smarmy uh like just shaking shit like just like oh, i'm not wrestling but you guys are like all worse than me <laughs> and then we got the slut chance <laughs> it's just yeah the
0: directed at stephanie because she's been whispering something triple zero say something from a two against okay, some kind of weird match to put all these three guys in and then triple h just doesn't even blame goes hey
1: don't talk about tori that way yeah um yeah, that was the, that that was a very good line. It was almost it's like the Alexa Bliss line where she's like, uh, "Say what if you're or whatever." Like when they when they tease the crowd, that was definitely up there. It was like, "Say what if you're like a, a weirdo or something." I don't know. I don't remember the exact call. I remember it was a huge pop on the time. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the crowd the crowd getting roasted is always a good thing. Yeah,
0: it's always good when someone can like answer about the crowd and not get like, thrown off by it. Uh, I do remember the, like the when you were talking about. She does. I think she know a few things. Like one time she was like, "Alexa this is a great say, great to say what?" And they go, "What?" Like exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, this is like uh, the segment went very. The segment probably went longer than most matches did tonight, which says a lot. But um, it was good for what it was.
0: Yeah, because like a lot of people are Christian and a Triple H throughout most of his career, like even up to like 2013, 2014, when he was part of the authorities, like. Long 20 minute promos kicking off every show, but sometimes, unless there are times where it's like a segment that can accomplish everything in five minutes, but you've stretched it out because until uh, like 15 20 minutes. Then there's segments like the man, uh, Cactus Jack thing last week, and then this year tonight, where there's so much going on that you don't even realize, like, god, that's already 20 minutes of the show gone, and so much is happening, and it's setting up so much to go forward. and Triple H decides he's going to set up a, a match for the first time ever and then Stephanie whispers in his ear and after she whispers he comes up with the stipulation we get and it's a triple threat over the top rope lumberjack match <laughs> and uh, I, yeah. I have many questions but my first one is like Triple H seems to seems imply that Stephanie came up with the over the top and uh, lumberjack stipulation so Triple H going for the first time ever I'm wondering what was he going to say before Stephanie gave him the other idea like clearly itself, uh, like
1: Triple H, had something else to mind—an evening out, <laughs> getting Kane naked. Um, <laughs> the, the, this segment also uh, started the trend of um, The Rock using uh, the colorful word to describe the Big Show. That was a retard. <laughs> yeah, which is which. <laughs> very two thousand. <laughs> very two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> You can't say retard these days without getting in some serious trouble, and it is a terrible word to use. Uh, it's awful. But I can't help but laugh when you just hear the rock on Big Show on retard. He's done
0: a bit keen called him the big red retard, and it's weird. <laughs> some episodes on the network where they keep it in, and there's some episodes where they're suddenly like, a bit of quiet in between a sentence, so, like you realise like, oh, they edited it out. But, like It's True. a case of, like, like either edit it out at all completely or just leave it in and just play off as though it was of the time.
1: Yeah, it was colourful. Colourful to say the least. And then we got the um, first little bit of a schmoz. Am I right in saying there was a bit of a schmoz after they announced the match? And then um, The Rock goes straight for the chair, shot to the head. it was talking about this match. It's a triple
0: threat over the top rope based on it so like, basically like Oh, if this happens on Sunday, that person will be eliminated as I try to keep today. And they said, Oh, but it'll be a lumberjack match, so like everybody else is gonna be in the rumble or most of them will be in the rumble and like similar people that brought called Debronies a couple of weeks ago. But then again, like the whole purpose of a lumberjack match is that they might keep you in the ring. So now they're around the ring. And you're like, what you get thrown over the top what you're eliminated, and then you can miss the way you back in. Like so they didn't think this through. They just wanted all bunch of people out so they could have a big schmoz at the end of the match.
1: Yeah, we're we're building to Survivor series this year where it's the battle for brand supremacy. There's a lot of taglines that just confuse everyone. Um this is a... you you everyone needs to be needs to have the rules of the rumble explained to them fifty million times in the build to the rumble.
0: Uh-huh. with uh, Rock's cutting a promo all in on Triple H season, I don't care what kind of match it is. You can see Big Show getting out of the right and attack him, start the the schmoz, as you said. And I just look at Byshear, so he holds on to the top rope for daylight as he's jumping off the apron. And he You can tell he's got a look on his face like, don't fall, like, don't slip off the apron. <laughs> like, yeah. That, the famous cover, like, Scott there going to do an axe handle on test at, in, like, 03. And as he dies, he slips, and he just completely misses him.
1: Oh, yeah. The, uh, it, that That's like, uh, no mercy on the in the N64 shit. Like, <laughs> its it's <laughs> terrible. Terrible, um, but yeah, this is a. It was a good segment. Um, are we going to go straight to the main? Straight to the main event? Discuss? Or are we going to go through the? Are we going to leave it now and come back to the main event in a while?
0: No, no, we'll leave it now. We're just going through like the segments as they happen, like the order okay. they have.
1: Sounds sounds good. What um, can What came up next then?
0: I also, we should mention the Triple H basically imply like it doesn't matter who wins the Rumble because you're going to have to go on and face me at WrestleMania, and basically you're going to lose. So. He's already assuming that he's going to get past uh, Cactus Jack to get to WrestleMania. The next we had X-Pac versus Test, who uh, won the Hardcore Championship from the big boss man on mm-hmm. Raw. Thanks to uh, interference from Prince Albert, boss man's former tag
1: partner. And Okay, Test- that, okay so that makes more sense. Um, before this, we had, a, we had a bar brawl with the APA, because I'm not shocked. Or was that from Raw? Oh, yeah. Or was that, like, was that like a replay from Raw? Like one guy just got like yeeted over a pool table and I laughed very hard.
0: Oh yeah, this, I think this happened. I, don't, I never mentioned this on the episode where it happened because it happened on Raw and then when Kimmy not doing nothing about it was mentioned so I thought, well, context-wise it's not relevant. But now yeah. it's relevant here because this is like from like three months ago. It's like basically the last time they were in this particular like part of the country. And it's the same bar. The, the Friendly Tap, which is, in real life is a bar. Owned by referee uh, Tim White, and basically just whenever they were in town, the wrestlers would go to the bar, and if they wanted a, like a bar like them, usually involving the APA, um, mm. they used that that they used that up every now and then to stop in town. Hey Tim, can we mess up your bar? But we'll promise we'll put everything back when we're done.
1: Okay, yeah. So that was an in, that was an in, that was like a it was I, I was like oh uh, APA or in a bar. I'm shocked because that's literally all I know them for. Um and. Uh, vicious uh, move set, but yeah, sorry for interrupting that, I just had to bring that in because some guy got flown over a pool table
0: Yeah, I, I had up my notes before the export thing, but I, I forgot to I seem to have scrolled past it, but yeah that happened, it'd be because like, the accolades they're still called accolades, that they're not far away from being called the APA, so they're transitioning from more just guys who were once part of the ministry to now is the beer drinking guys that we know, that love to fight that we know them as now and basically as played we see later on that they're probably going to go back to that bar later on and get probably into another fight. Mm-hmm. And so, Xbox is fine. Test. Test has got this giant like face mask on because basically it's like running a thing where Test just seems to get his nose repeatedly broken and matches. His nose is seemingly made of glass, and he just keeps saying the last and people keep ripping off the mask, which Xbox does, which really you'd think if you're a test. Just take a
1: couple of weeks off. Yeah, your yeah, heal. yeah. Um, like if you had like poor eyesight and you saw Test walking out, if you're really like if, if he wasn't so tall, he just looked like Trish Stratus when she had the broken nose with the with the leather slacks on. It was he looked horrible, um, and uh, him as the face just looked weird. Um, uh, X Pack, I mean. I'm assuming like the DX entrances come up. show come on with like a, 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 a phrasing, epileptic warning because they ver- they cut to the very very flash uh, photography uh, oriented I noticed. Um, I watched this quote, I was quite tired after some college work, and that certainly woke me up for the rest of the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is trushy comparison, It is very apt. That's a weird edition of uh, who wore it best. Um, I must say that face mask.
1: And Trish wins Trish wins
0: yeah obviously <laughs> uh, X-Pock is a much smaller guy so you expect Tess to kind of just beat the hell of him but he's got that face mask on and X-Pock basically lures him to the outside where he shoves Tess face into the steel steps but Tess does manage to recover it in a massive like sidewalk slam and he goes for the top rope elbow drop but Road Dog comes out to distract the ref and then Gun pushes Tess off to the top rope and Xbox gets some of the X Factor for the win. So Xbox uh, is going to have the number 30 entrant and the Royal
1: Rumble. Yeah, he yeah he, he basically got pulverized for a while and then cheated to win. Um, mm. And then the cut on the network, because it literally cut straight to him, like saying, oh, I'm in the main, I got number 30 to Triple H. So obviously they cut out a lot of the schmoz, which I was happy with, um, cut out a lot of stuff in between. But it just literally went from X Pack in the ring to X Pack backstage.
0: It's on, it's nice sometimes to uh, watch these shows and see if you notice where it's been like because I was like, it's a tape show so they can like take advantage of that and some there are times in the past where we've just how bad the editing can be like, there are times where like a match has been cut and I think there was one time it was like a match between like Mark Henry and Kurt Angle. Uh, and like there was a clear cut in the middle of the match, like they were suddenly on like the different a different end of the ring. Like oh, a second ago, so like you suddenly have massive like cut.
1: Yeah, we all know about Kevin Kevin Dunn's magical powers. <laughs> we all know about how we've we we've, we've watched Raw Underground and those cuts. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, it was interesting to see what uh what he got up to on this uh, editing uh piece, but yeah, it cut straight from that to X Pac kind of gloating and then Triple H being like, "You're gonna go and win the Rumble, aren't you?" And tri- you know, you know, Triple H is looking out for his friend, but also trying to get an easy night at WrestleMania.
0: Like it was weird because like test like oh he finally because he's had a bad go of it in the last few months because like Triple H stole his fiance he didn't really seem that in rush to get revenge about it and then weeks they spent yeah, the fucking with him breaking his nose repeatedly with no sign of him ever getting any significant revenge especially when they quickly transitioned into the Mick Foley feud for Triple H and then like oh he finally won something he won the, the hardcore title. And then the very next show he loses to Xbox uh, again
1: once because DX screwed him over. Yeah. Um DX seem to be uh it it just seems like they're not like buddy buddy here like the like I know them as. They just seem to be very business oriented, um, as opposed to the fun loving DX, modern DX that we get kind of uh, known to like, known to love the Shawn Michaels setting stuff on fire and kick and stand and stuff. So it's quite <laughs> interesting to see the Dickish heel side of uh, DX. Yeah,
0: it's been, it's very much like it's basically centered around these guys are here to help Triple H hold on to the top spot to help them keep the title. And like, there were a few weeks where there was tension amongst DX, but Triple H last week Stark went on mission of trying to make it up to them, and now it basically seems like here, oh well, the band's back together. We're now focused because like. Outlaws are being rewarded with a night off to a Titan. Triple H's got the top belt, and Xbox got basically the advantage going into the rumble and basically says, oh, yeah, Triple H, you and me, the biggest draw in WrestleMania of all time. And Triple H just looked on like, yeah,
1: as if you're going to beat me at WrestleMania. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we got to a really funny segment. I think it was like uh, Steve Blackman and Al Snow were walking to the ring. <laughs> Al Snow just goes, uh you've just got no charisma man
0: <laughs> yeah because like oh i at one point with tag partners with goes, you know my old tag partner he had two personalities
1: you don't have any personality and it's true i i was i was laughing but then jesus christ the man has no personality like no jesus like he's like a sponge would have more personality <laughs> than that man jesus christ
0: He's like he's the Captain Raymond Holt of WWE and his expressionless face. Even then Raymond Holt
1: is more charismatic than Steve Blackman. I love that reference. I love that reference. Yes. Yeah. Um No, Raymond Holt is far more enthusiastic than this man. This man is this man is like he just has no like urgency about him. His entrance is just him walking down. <laughs> It's just, just nothing. He's a, he's a what do they call him? Um, what do they call him in this? Uh, martial arts expert. Jesus Christ. You'd think <laughs> he'd be a bit more fired up if he's a martial arts expert. My God, I've never, I, how did anyone ever get behind Steve Blackman? Did they even get behind him? I probably, I, no, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I don't think they did. I think there was a
0: point like the end of 2000 where he, he's got a run as hardcore champion. But I think there's more to in the fact that you know he hit people with, weapons and such, he's never really him that was over. Uh, this thing with him and Al, no, is just, I think it's just going to be a thing for a while, and it is what it is. Blackman, yeah, like you said, no personality whatsoever, and oh, how we got to this tag match is a fun story, because <laughs> uh, Blackman fought Kurt Angle, at Armageddon in 99, because Kurt did a win, because he's racking up this undefeated streak in quotation because he's lost a couple of tag matches but never been pinned in those tag matches so he's been saying like I'm still undefeated, I'm still undefeated I've never been pinned or submitted and he had a match on Raw basically where he had an unnamed opponent which was revealed to be Blackman who's been randomly interfering in his matches to help him keep his undefeated streak alive at first it seemed like he was maybe under the orders of Stephanie who thinks he's cute which uh, annoyed Triple H and then it just seemed like Blackman decided just to keep doing it because he has nothing else to do. So then they had a match against each other and they've also announced that Kurt Angle is going to have an unnamed opponent at the Royal Rumble. And Kurt says like, I don't, I'm don't, i not worried because I've got my three eyes. And in the match against Blackman, Blackman seems to have things in hand when Kurt's talking to the referee, the referee's distracted and out comes the British Bulldog who low blows Blackman with his own kennel stick before whacking him in the back with it. And Kurt Angle covers him to hit for the win and celebrates like he does every victory like he's just won another gold medal.
1: Yeah. Um, so then, obviously, Blackman comes out looking blank as fuck. Um, <laughs> and then Al Snow with head. I love that graphic. Just with head. Um, heel versus heel was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they did a lot of that back then. It seems like they um, used to kind of Some stick time. to their faces and heels. Which is quite rare, is it? Yeah, something
0: like Al Snow has been a he's he's alright heel is Al I think he will soon transition to like randomly being a face again. And then that's like part of the dynamic with him in Blackman where Blackman is season and uh, Al goes back to being a comedy like face, so like the idea like, they're the original odd couple. <laughs>
1: um yeah, and then Angle cuts are like a really cool smarmy chicken should heel promo. He's fantastic. Uh, I I prefer him as a heel. Uh, the you suck chance obviously haven't started yet. Have they? They haven't. I don't know. That's no yeah.
0: I'll be a real thing around 2002, so we're a couple of years away from that. Bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the bed. The, my favorite bit was the three eyes, and then the crowd had the sign "incapable idiocy and ignorance." Um, that, that was really good. I really like that.
0: Yeah, I they, think I've seen a fair very few, very few like, uh, variations of that kind of sign over the years for Kurt Angle. Uh, and the Bulldog, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Denim's wearing British Bulldog, who last that we saw him before this was Armageddon, where he dropped the European title to Valvinus as part of a triple threat against uh, Bulldog and D.L.O. Brown. And ever since Armageddon, it shows how much they care about the European title and the people involved in the scene for it. Valvinus, who won it, has made all of like, three appearances on both Fronts, Smackdown. In the six weeks that followed, only once was he ever actually defending the title. D'Lo was suddenly transitioned to being Godfather's apprentice,
1: mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, like
0: mm-hmm. Him. And this is the first time we've seen Bulldog since then. Uh, oh,
1: wow, that sounds like a whole that sounds like a hodgepodge of stuff that I just couldn't comprehend right now.
0: <laughs> just the Bulldog is clearly not It's really depressing for me because I just a, a week or so ago. Uh, reviewed SummerSlam 92 uh, where it's obviously the the crowning moment of his whole career, beating Bret Hart in Wembley Stadium for the IC title and watching that match, the stories about how he was fucked, he couldn't remember any of the spots and Bret had to carry him through it and watching it, it's the best bulldog he's ever actually looked in a match because Bret him look good, he's a spot designed to make him look like he can actually be a workhorse rather than just be a power guy where at this point, where he's already suffered a back injury and is heavily on painkillers at this point, he's
1: fucked. Yeah, he didn't look great. Um, I know his son is—is is it his son, David Boy Smith Junior? Is quite good in MLW and stuff like that. He's yeah, um, yeah. Like missing the the heart dynasty and the WAB for a while. Yeah, and then he was in New Japan with Land Territory. He's very good, and I I need to look at some more British Bulldog matches because um. I want to watch that Bret Hart one because it, apparently it's just Bret Hart could wrestle with a broom, and sadly at that point, David Boy Smith was basically a broom um, with, <laughs> with all the pa- with all the painkillers he was under. Um, another note I had is like hey, much of Jim Cornette's pleasure. Um, sadly, he'll never say uh, hear that from me because he has me blocked on Twitter. Um, but um, Kay Fabe was still alive. They literally hate Angle so much; they're ha- hanging on his every word. They hate him so much because. Social media wasn't around, like they. It was fantastic.
0: Uh, like yeah, the only reason they really actually hate him, other than like he's like he does like the cheapest things to get people to burn. Like because he, like he sounds like he criticizes people without. When he makes it seem like he's trying and being nice about it, he's trying to be the good guy, and then he wrestles these matches and like he's had matches where it get boring chance simply just because of the fact that he wrestles, he actually wrestles, and most of these matches he just wins wins cleanly or by, by some underhanded means. So like, just boo, boo this guy, why? Because yeah, he it's, just it's, wrestles, there's nothing to him. But you mean this wrestler is wrestling?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like um in the UFC when Khabib, Khabib is one of the best of all time. Um, his, his matches are always quite like, he's just doing a job and they can be quite boring and that's why people started to hate him and that's why if we're talking in wrestling terms he was the heel and mcgregor was the face we all know mcgregor's the dick and um, kabib is kabib is a very down to earth nice person who has a very core set of values but if someone is boring uh, i'd say i'd say someone would rather be boring and get the job done than be exciting and always lose it's like that jeff hardy kind of <laughs> the jeff hardy uh, complex it's like you can impress people but you're not going to win any titles if you want me to uh, if if getting the job done and beating the shit out of people looks boring to you, then that's fine, and that's what like Kurt Angle's mindset was.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'd really be appreciated for how good a, a wrestler he is until like again to like 2002 when he was part of the SmackDown Six and that sort of transition would be referred to as like the wrestling machine. He was wrestling with like the Benoit Guerrero Edge and those like guys because like this time he's surrounded by a bunch of like characters at this time.
1: Mm, yeah. Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Every match. Uh, just loads of matches. But right now, he's, like his her character work is underrated. He's fantastic here. Um, but this match was just weird. It was, just, <laughs> it was weird seeing a Kurt Angle match go so short. And, in, and the finish was awful. I don't know if you know, the finish was just terrible. It
0: was, it was a shame for Angle and a blessing for Bulldog that it went this short. 'Cause like Blackman and Al Snow look like a decent team, like they have like Angle in the corner, they're working him over, you've got Al like even though he's not legal grab grabbing Angle and hold him in the corner letting Blackman unload on him. Not in that sense. Uh, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> pronouns, pal. Uh, but eventually Angle gets the title to Bulldog, who's who uh, basically he thought about how bad Providence was at the start was it makes some states and even Davies' home country of England look great by comparison. And Bulldog kind of just stand there like occasionally like nodding and he looks on, him like oh, what did you say? Yeah,
1: yeah it's um, the finish was just so out of nowhere and so just looked Blackman looked so rigid <laughs> it's unreal
0: because Blackman like Bulldog goes for his power slab one move he can actually do but uh, Blackman fights over it it's a boot uh, to the chest like you mean what you mean finishing moves is a kick but it's to the chest like you're maybe a karate man like least do a head kick or a roundhouse or some sort and then he does a kick off the top and like the way like doing a diving book can go disastrously wrong as as Sid would find out in WCW but the kick didn't even look like it really made that much contact and then he just pins Bulldog for the win as Angle looks annoyed but still maintains the fact I'm undefeated I've not been pinned I've not been pinned
1: yeah um yeah yeah it's plays into his character perfectly and uh how, as bad as this was, it wasn't as bad as the next segment. Jesus Christ! Which is? Would you be referring
0: to the recap of the Miss Royal Rumble segment from Raw? The horny
1: Jerry Lawler segment. Yes, uh,
0: where basically he's basically asking these one questions, they're using uh and then Ivy grabs the mic and says, "Jerry Lawler, you're a pervert. Just find yeah, so problem."
1: Oh yeah, so perfect. He's such a dick and so perfect. It was the per- it was the best Jerry Lauder slag until in twenty ten AJ Lee said that you're too old for me, Jerry. Um, on commentary, uh, it had the winner until AJ Lee came around. But yeah, um, Jerry Lawler is vile. <laughs> Looking back on this in the twenty twenty spectrum, which we should, Jerry Lawler is a vile man. <laughs> Jesus, this was this was. What? horrifying to watch Some at some point. Some of it was funny, but some of it was just extremely awkward.
0: My favourite point of this is, like, I, really, I don't want anything to do with this, and New York she shouldn't, but then uh, Luna and Jacqueline get on the mic and go, hold on, if we've got to do this, you've got to do it as well. Like, we maybe the only see that can wrestle here, but we're still doing this. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, and then Me Young tries to undress, thankfully Mark Henry comes out and saves us the segment by like, covering her up.
1: Uh yeah, it was like on oh, May Young. It was like she's getting her puppies out, and then it was just like Jerry Lawler misogyny. It was just like <laughs> it oh. was. Yeah, it's it was awkward at times, and it's not over. Um, so what's the match that's going on on Sunday? It's an evening gown match, or sorry, it's uh, not, even, be- not even a match. It's like a swimsuit contest,
0: like the Miss Royal Rumble, which is oh. a one thing thing. And when you watch the segment, you figure out why
1: it's just a one thing thing. Uh yeah so is so one of the judges we've learned is we learn later is edge who are the other judges do we know
0: i'm pretty sure like they brought a bunch of agents i'm pretty sure they bring out classy Blasty for this
1: uh yeah this is this is clearly someone being like listened Vince, so i'm on the horn and like i don't know i like to can we just put it in t put it on tv like we'll make some money off of it. Like, like please <laughs> it's literally jerry lauder jerry lauder pitch
0: but yeah, Oller seemed like he's trying to he almost having a heart attack on Raw when he was going and interviewing each woman individually. And when you get to the bloody the segment out of the rumble, I'm surprised he didn't like keel over right there and then.
1: Yeah, I think the like I think the women just became like like used to like the the culture of this kind of stuff. And like I was like waiting for the women's segment, and I was like. Okay, yeah, I I remember what it was like back then. At times, I found it really un- awkward and uncomfortable, and then at other times I was like, "This is quite funny." But um, I just wanted to kill dead because we know that there's uh, some amazing women wrestling out there now. Um, but back then, this is what they got, and I'm I'm not like I'm not I'm not. I'd say the crowd were loving it, but um, it uh, it was an experience as well. Call it. Yeah. we'll move swiftly on from
0: that Match between Matt Hardy and Diva and Dudley. This is actually Matt's first singles match in over a month because uh, he got like legit injured. Like he I think he was in the middle of a time match and how many his opponents around in the like collided heads and I thought that went wrong and then Matt got like a legit injury, so the kept him at the ring for a few weeks. He returned about a week ago and like wrestling tag matches. This is his first singles match and uh sometime and he's wrestling D1 Dudley and we heard what happened on from Raw where it was Matt on the table and Baba Powerbond, Jeff and Emma. Yeah, to the table. That,
1: that was crazy. That was rough. It's really cool hearing people talk excitedly about Tables match now that it's like buried down our throats these days with like special matches but like back then one thing they did do right was make these like weapons matches or matches that weren't just straight up um, one fall matches really really exciting.
0: Yeah. And, like, this is the first proper time they've started doing this with the Dudleys, like, putting people through tables and I think, like, the Dudleys
1: and tables? My God, it'll never work. Did people, um, did people use tables before this? In terms of, I- I'm assuming they did, but it, did did people in, like, the WWF, were, like, tables, like, being brought out if people wanted them, or was this like, oh, the Dudleys have introduced the tables into WWE? I don't know, because, like, like,
0: the We Want Tables chance, I think, were wasn't really held by the fact they started having matches like this, but I don't think it was a chant it was done a lot. I think it was just done very sparingly, like like because like our lounge table spots were done like all the time. But actually taking tables out, I think had been done sparingly. But then the Dudleys came around, and then like from there, like the fans just wanted to see someone get put through a table.
1: Yeah, barring the um, barring the main event segment, this was one of my favorite segments of the night. Um, of course, the match finished short because it's t- two thousand WE. <laughs> it didn't go very long and ended in a DQ. Yeah, I'm, I'm numb to the DQs now. As I've I
0: mentioned before, it's a. I did imagine there's a Mag gets caught in the, like the middle hole and gets hit while running netbreaker a net breaker from Devon. There's a split big and moonsault an from that That happens so quickly, it just looks like from the angle they shot it that Matt just fell off the top rope and happened to land on Devon. Uh, and I actually was expecting that either on the Raw the SmackDown. So I remember there was a segment around this thing where Terry, the manager of it, Matt and Jeff, got put to the table at one point by the because Bobby used to have a thing of putting women through tables and all that phase we all go through at some point in our lives.
1: Mm, Terry like, Terry oh, looked lovely, I wanna make it known.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like and I assume like part of the builders that like uh, would be like oh their manager got to put the table so they have a tables match but no, it was just that they put them through the table. So then that set up the tables match. So I assume that the Terry segment comes sometime like after, after the Rumble. is kind of a bit of retribution from the Dudleys, I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, it was a great uh, bit of schmoz after the DQ. Um, schmoz is the word of the day. Um, I, <laughs> I, a, a little moment I picked up, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when they um, went up to the stage and Matt took his top off before the table spot, he threw it and it landed perfectly on Devon's chest. <laughs> the shirt just landed perfectly on his chest um the table leg drop was really cool and it's really cool to hear people popping for spots like this because i feel like the crowd are so like so used to table spots now when they hit them there's like oh that happens but like unless it's extreme circumstances circumstances like a japanese table or something like that um but no one it's really cool to like that moves actually matter or that like moments actually matter and this post show this post-match stuff uh proved that it was a fantastic build for what i'm sure was an amazing match on uh, the royal rumble pay-per-view um like they came back from the break um we'll talk about what happened before the break before the break but uh they came back and like bubble ray was bleeding um they were really putting over how dangerous these tables were it was really cool there um considering what we hear today about weapons
0: yeah uh we had some more, like, unprotected, like, chair shots because, like, when Bubba comes in, like, he takes Matt uh, Jeff out, like, mm-hmm. launches him, like, over the barricade, and then, like, they take Matt up to the table, they set up some tables and they're going to, like, bomb him off the stage, and then Jeff, like, was tears like, pleading with them like, don't do this and Jeff kind of went through the crowd around and up the other side of the stage so he comes up from behind them and, like, smacks Bubba, like, right across the head, as yeah. well back through the tables and then to do the live drop to div on to a different table. And basically it's like a case of like, well, Hardy's got even from raw and setting up well, what's gonna happen. Uh They uh, did a bad job of explaining the rules for uh, of the tables match on this show, but they do better at the Rumble like a case of like both members of the team of the opposing team have to be put to the table uh in order for them to win the match and yeah, they have to be put to the table and they don't have to like like if you dive on it out onto them under the table and they move it the way that doesn't count as they'll explain I think in later years they move it like, well, it's just one member of the team that has to uh, go to the table
1: yeah um, the chair shots to the head were vile and violent Jesus Christ Bubba that was man, a chair man. straight across the skull my god um, well yeah great segment that's one of my favourite segments of the night um, and then we went back to the pub didn't we Scott
0: <laughs> yes we did Uh I should have mentioned like or Ray or Billy later years when he did retire. I think part of the reason was like concussions over the years, and then you watch the and like this, and they're like, well, no fucking wonder, mate. Like, maybe get your hands up once in a while, or maybe just don't take the chair shots."
1: Yeah, just hit the chair shot to the back. Come
0: on. I know, but yeah, there Outlaws was. Arrive at the uh, the friendly tap, and like there's all these people. Cause like, hey, it's the new age. It because like, which weirdly you wouldn't think like, oh yeah, these people just happen to recognise it, they You think. Wrestling was so popular at this time, especially the WWF. They think, you know, what actually they could potentially like recognize these guys, like even though you know, like these people are clearly actors or they've been hired for the segment.
1: Yeah, a load of jabroni marks marking out and doing their entrance while they come in. Um, <laughs> they're the heels in this feud, right?
0: Yes, but they they've continued doing like road dog stick all for a few weeks where they weren't doing it and like because surely if you take the stick away people will hate you more but like there are times where they try and turn it into a heel thing like we always kick that doggy stuff with your mamas but people still tear them anyway
1: yeah so we had a beautiful road dog who uh who has very colorful opinions and since had to delete his twitter in the past week um r.i.p road dog um if you're listening we love you um but yeah this was uh setting up for what would happen later you knew they were going to come back you knew, that, you knew what was going to happen um, Yeah. but yeah no, they were in the bar they were getting marked out they had a beer in their hand uh, and all was going well for them
0: there's also uh, so even we should move on to, uh, we'll come back to the bar but uh, Crash and Harker Holly are arguing <laughs> in the locker room and like Crash is annoyed that he doesn't have anything to do on Smackdown and uh, Harker basically doesn't want to hear about he's got to get ready for his six man tag match going up and then uh, basically like, it's the point where the Holly's coming It blows Harker just throws his little cousin out of the uh, the locker room where Crash basically bumps into Viscera and basically like, do you want some too? And basically Crash gets a match with Viscera. Yeah, um
1: Crash Holly's voice is hilarious. He's like, You're my cousin, you're my cousin about ten times and he's like okay, well fuck off H- Harker Holly's basically He's like go just please go away and then he <laughs> when he squares up the viscera, he's like, You want some, you want some He's like I don't think you want some, Crash. No, I don't think you no, want. No. I, don't, I don't think you want any of the bin bag smoke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's all I can describe this as uh, gear as like a bin bag. Um, it was like it was like Dustin Rhodes' character in TNA. Uh, Black rain. Yeah. Black oh. rain. Yeah. Uh, poor, poor. I'm glad he's recovered, so we can t- 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 make that bin bag reference at his expense. Um, but yeah, um, real black rain vibes. But Crash Holly with the squeaky voice was just brilliant. Um, it's I, I love the promos. Like when I was watching the Halloween Havoc, like the the Macho Man promo where he's meant to be in the N.W.O. who are like anti-corporation, but he's like a walking advert for Slim Jim. It's just it's just like little things that you see back then that are just so clearly stupid, but they probably think they're good. It's just—it's uh, it's great, I love this, I love this segment I love these little segments more than the matches because they probably last longer than most of the matches It's
0: uh, all about getting blocked by people on Twitter, I'm pretty sure if anybody mentions Black Rain to Dustin, he, he automatically blocks
1: you Oh shit, I didn't know that
0: Yeah, uh, and like Bubba, have you ever mentioned him about that thing, TNA did an electrified cage match, again, automatic block from Bubba <laughs> Ray <laughs>
1: but no this was really good I I really enjoyed this I I like the little things in wrestling and this was good the viscerous viscerous selling of it was great So we go into that that tag match
0: that Holly was so prepared for it's him China and Chris Jericho taking on Tukul and Rikishi Uh, what happened here to set us up is on Raw China and Jericho are now the the co-intercontinental champion and they're having a triple threat match against they two and Harghali because Hardcore has pinned both both of them at separate points during the couple, last couple of weeks, so they're like, going one undisputed intercontinental champion, no, like Highlander. it can only be one. And mm-hmm. uh, on Raw, Rikishi got an icy title shot, with Jericho being the one to defend the title. And China and Harco were very annoyed about this. Like, like, what happens if he loses before Sunday? What does that mean for us? The triple threat. And uh, Eventually, as you can tell, that match got end up getting thrown out. And then that sets up this match with all three people who are going to Wrestle each other at uh, pay per view on on Sunday. Team up, how will they ever get along?
1: Yeah. Um, so, what's the bill? So, this is basically how do they become co intercontinental champions? Well, Jericho beat China for the title Armageddon, and
0: they said then they got a rematch uh, a really while well ago. And uh, basically, they did a bullshit like double pin spot where like, there was a chair introduced and then suddenly they forgot about the chair where they did a backdrop onto the chair they were both kind of knocked out with both of them like their arms over each other and there were two refs because one of the refs got knocked down and then when he recovered there was a second ref in the ring so each ref like counted one of them said oh China won but no the other one said no Jericho won so Stephanie Mann deemed them co-intercontinental champions but only one of them can usually defend the title at any given time Uh, so they're both being interfering in the others matches to make sure they stay the intercontinental champion. And basically arguing over who gets to hold the actual title itself. And now oh, yeah. also that match it at the run was basically to whoever wins this is the Air now champion. No more no more co-champions. And uh, I've read Jericho's uh, autobiography and uh, he was not a fan of this
1: whatsoever. And why was Erichel Holly involved? Did he pin one of them in like a non-title match? Yeah, he pinned uh, both of them in, like, in tag team matches. Or that's like,
0: uh, because both the other, the other two like, can get along. So either one of them was like leave the other, like high and dry, or just like whip, whip, one purposely wouldn't tag in. So, like Hardcore Holly beat both of them with uh, not the Alabama slam, which is he's trying sure most people associate with him, but with the Falcon Arrow.
1: Oh, nice. I like, I like the Falcon Arrow. Um, yeah, yeah uh, it's Hardcore Holly looking pissed. Um, it's weird to see Jericho. Judas, that's all I know. And <laughs> uh, Jericho was uh, Jericho on the mic was just as good as he always is. Um, interesting facial hair, but good on the mic.
0: Yeah, he compares everybody. if He compares everybody in the ring to like the cantina scene from Star Wars. You know, you got the fat guy in
1: the phone and <laughs> uh, he got some all the, like freaks in there. Um, yeah, and then he's like, he's got you got the, you got the big guy with a nappy on. And then the commentary <laughs> team was like, You shouldn't tell Rikishi he's in a nappy, that's a bad mistake, man. <laughs> uh, uh, bit cool. a bit of a yeah, the match was a hot mess with Tul cool and Rikishi.
0: Yeah, Tul are becoming more and more over as the weeks go on. Ever since Rikishi got added to this like this group, uh, you got Grandmaster so Sexy hitting uh, the, what would go on and be called the Skull Crushing finale on Harker Holly. Uh, you got Jericho and Scotty Jotty in there together Scotty's sitting the worm Jericho's just slapping the back of Scotty side, calling him Scott Taylor he uh, goes for the line assault, but Scotty manages to get his knees up and basically the match again predictably goes to the DQ but it's mainly because all three members of like, the, the team that are going to fight at the Rumble all want to fight Rikishi and basically the referee just throws the match out because he can't control it
1: yeah and then uh, predictably chair shot to the head why? Like, like why? Like no need. And then Rikishi, like I know he hit them a lot, but like it will never look weird. It will never not look weird seeing Rikishi at a super kick. Fair <laughs> play to the man. Um, and then he squashed China literally.
0: Yes, literally. Uh, and then two cool dance as everybody celebrates, and it's like you guys think you guys think like people would have a like, backstage like like. So only one segment can have an unprotected chair shot in it. Who's going to take the unprotected chair shot, David, who needs
1: it more? Yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody needs those things. Nobody needs that. <laughs> uh, you're reviewing the Rumble, aren't you, as well as part of the series? Are you? Yeah, I've got. Uh, a- okay, so I'll I'll, I'll leave I'll, I'll leave my question about the Rumble until because uh, you're reviewing that episode, but um, but uh, no but- but no, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take away from the glory of that because I've heard it's an amazing pay per view. Uh, so yeah, China got squashed, literally. Yeah, and people cheer about it because like when China won the title,
0: people everybody loved her, and then ever since she had the three with Jericho, it was clear Jericho's got way more personality than China. Everyone's like, we like we like Jericho now. China, not so much. Uh, and then like we like Rikishi now. He's new, and he's like he, we like seeing him dance. So yeah, sorry China, we don't feel bad for you getting.
1: Crushed by, by Ricky Caesar. Yeah, um, and then we we get a life lesson in <laughs> the next segment because when two jacked up, steroid filled, um, testosterone filled men are in your bar, don't slag them. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Then don't tell them they're they're not going to win. Which doesn't go well for you, as the bartender learned, Scott. Yeah, because like they.
0: This guy, basically says like the are going. He's the only guy in the bar that disagrees with the outlaws. And he's like getting a ball, like Smith, because and then they throw him I'm like get him out of here, and they just sit back down at the bar and it's like, but that was that was the bartender. Like no matter what he says, like you don't throw the bartender out of the bar because like again, now you're going to have to get your own drinks.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, it's like a oh, free bar. That that reminds me of my my friends were on a night out once and the bartender left for like an hour and they went behind the bar and I saw the video. <laughs> I, I saw the videos. I was like, Why did you do that? <laughs> don't do that. Um I miss I miss pubs. Um but we digress. Uh yeah. Um So yeah, don't I just said tut tut, shouldn't open your mouth and slag people. Um next we got our big meaty man slap meat segment. Scott i <laughs> Like, I I I quite enjoyed this it was a nice uh, just another schmazz schmazz schmaz, schmazz schmazz
0: <laughs> yeah two big guys battering lumps out of each other because like Albert and like, had interfered in a Bossman's or title match and then on Raw they, like, later on in Raw they battered each other backstage and Bossman purposely knocked Albert into Kane and Tori's dressing room while Tori was getting chained knowing mm. that, that Tori would set Kane on Albert later on and she, she did and came back at Albert while Boston was showing backstage watching TV from a proper angle, uh, just laughing. He set off about it. And now this has led to this match. And what I laughed about is like Albert going, like, You taught me a lot of things. He's running the things like, It's not cheating if you don't get caught. And he goes, Tonight, the student becomes the teacher. And like, he keeps calling himself a student as if he's this young up and cover. I know he's probably younger than he he looks here, but I'm like, mate, you look about thirty five.
1: Yeah, he has serious cur he has serious Killian Dane arms. Really hairy arms. Um, like the
0: earthquake, yeah. earthquake, was in like his forties. Like when he started in the WF like back in the day, like the early nineties. He was like and he's he like twenty six.
1: Yeah. Um this was just like just a brawl, really. Just one of those. Everyone, everyone tries to separate them. They just start beating the shit out of each other. I'm pretty sure Bossman tried to bite A Train's ear. He was either doing that or like or shagging him. Like it was one or the, it was one. It was one or the other when he went down. Like I don't know what it was, but I know like he
0: cost him like the hardcore title. But this would have been much better as a hardcore like match or like being for the hardcore title because cause, again this wouldn't end the same way as most of the other matches that. Because he knew this was going to be a brawl. This wasn't going to be a technical match. You know, Bossman gets like m- is one of the only people that uh, Bossman they can like manhandle the Bossman as I'll just picks him up and just rams him back first into the post as a brawl. Uh, the Bossman gets his foot on the rope, but this is the highest I've ever seen him get his foot on because he gets it not just on the bottom. He just uh, stretches a way out to get it right up on the middle rope, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, Ref gets taken out. Uh, they fare around the ringside and Alvarez is sent flying over the barricade, he pops back up another chair shot mm. uh, I don't yeah. think I, I don't. first they put together a tag team that no one gave a shit about and then they teased tension which again no one gave a shit about and then they've had a tie team break up so forgettable the camera almost forgot to cut to them when they were fighting last week and then they had a match that I don't care about
1: no, uh, it was funny for what it was, um, but yeah, the quick cuts took me out of it. fucking hell. Um, and then we had a nice little replay of our opening segment, which was I, I like I like the old school replays. They can do with them, yeah. Showing like the chair shot twice for emphasis. I like this. Mm-hmm. The and rock, then... the the chair shot on the rock for emphasis, on that, that the rock had in the big show for like emphasis and shit. It was cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Then they. We did had, had, have a Rock promo, and I basically just summed it up because uh, it's basically the crux of this promo I just summed up. Rock will win main event. That's basically what he's saying.
1: Yeah, um, but, but I, I also have in my notes. Sorry, my pen just fell. Um, I also have in my notes. Um, poor Big Show, you got called a retard again. <laughs> <laughs> I, think,
0: I, think it's so he, I think he's promo on Roy. Just, he also says, I think we keep mocking Big Show for doing this. I like, go, just hand up to Steph, the joke so like, rawr, rawr, rawr. He's like you just maybe tiger you just stand in the open are you two? what you do best. Rawr, rawr, rawr.
1: <laughs> it's so you're like you're like it's a horrible word but whenever you, anytime you hear it on TV it's just funny. <laughs> I'm such a child but yeah it's it was just uh, the way The Rock delivers it makes it infinitely better if Steve Blackman calls someone to read that I'd be like whoa, whoa, whoa can't be saying that but it's The Rock so it's okay <laughs> yeah uh, the yeah. yeah, The Rock just the, the delivery is insane I, I, I really want to watch more Rock uh, circa 2000 because the delivery is so good oh yeah
0: like, The Rock is easily MVP of of the year 2000 especially since like Austin will be gone for most of it and he Rock gets his chance to be the number one guy and he just takes to it like a duck to water
1: hmm Um, um but what, what what do we have next
0: We have Viscera and Crash Holly, and Viscera immediately grabs Crash and throws him out the ring and does his weird little pose then Crash comes back in Viscera tries to throw him out again but the whole press matches the rope Chris does surprise the commentators by hitting a tilt to world DDT on, on Viscera
1: he gets them down for a second yeah um I, on the entrance before we go on with the match, on the entrance I heard the, when Viscera was making his entrance, I heard the interruption, the uh, who can stop the path of rage, and I was like, I know who that is but I won't say anything, but they teased the debut for the Rumble um they yeah they teased a debut for the Rumble during Visser's entrance and I knew who it was immediately and uh, uh, it was pretty cool. It's uh, that that that's a cool little thing where like you're like someone's interrupting the show and uh, it actually made something. It wasn't just a retribution thing <laughs> where the lights come up. It was like a little uh little edit into the into the uh, Viscer entrance. So that was cool. Yeah,
0: because uh, like I forgot where the, where this was in, in the show because I knew we had one of these like the arena green origin you know in a thing and like this has been going on for a while and they added more things like the added them the moods about to change in the last couple of days who can stop the path of rage and um, like the idea of like these teaser happen and then as soon as I don't know how in tune some fans were at this time but like as soon as they announced Angle has a mystery of going to rumble you got I think everybody thought well whoever this is if they knew who it was like this is who's going to fight Angle at the rumble because like as this happened nowadays people wouldn't be able, like oh it's going to be this person Because this has actually been going on for quite a while. These teases for almost a couple of months. Because the person who they're teasing actually, I think, signed officially in, like, October. But then didn't show up until now.
1: Yeah, nowadays you wouldn't uh, do a tease with the person's real voice in it like this. You'd disguise the voice and all that because it'd just be way too easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas now people, people didn't have dirt sheets and reports like that. So this is pretty cool.
0: I think they I think they assume that the show that this guy was on before didn't have as wide an audience as the WS, so people wouldn't recognise the voice.
1: Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I I I was he was E C W, yeah. He was yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, they two very they were two very distinct crowds at the time, I if I if I'm getting that right, were they? Really, they were very two very different people followed those two promotions.
0: Yeah, I think there were some crossover like the most like hardcore of, of fans that WF from the adjutor did have a lot of casuals is like which is why like once the adjutor ended like business went down a bit because a lot of those casuals suddenly said, Yeah, this isn't the cool thing anymore, so I'm gonna go so
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, but my only notes in this match were poor squeaky voice crash, viscerate in the pin bag, <laughs> and his eyes look freaky as fuck.
0: Yeah, Chris does his best, you know, he, Elroy Jetson that he's become like compared to over the years, like he does like the drop case for Viscera, just won't go down. He keeps diving off the rope, top rope and then he gets caught with a Samoan drop. Uh gets gets up on Viscera's back. It looks a bit awkward as they're trying to set up for the next bit where he gets spun around into a a power bomb. And then uh, the splash by Viscera and I just spin my notes like this is the real definition of it coming crashing down and hurting inside. When Viscera just comes splashing down on you.
1: Yeah, um yeah, the... Um, can I have a question? Why did Crash Holly have a weighing scales on his entrance? Does he and Harkor claim
0: that they weigh, like, 400 pounds respectively when they clearly don't.
1: What? I was just like, why is he... Is this, like, Al Snow in the head? Is he making love to this weighing scales that he has? Is there just... Is everyone in this, like, roster have an animate object sex life, like... It 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 was just weird. Um they, but yeah, it only was, on the road. Yeah, yeah. It it was what it was, is one of the it, you you probably have a lot of those when when you're watching Spider, it was like it well, it was good for what it was. It's like yeah. it, in in its own bubble, it didn't really mean anything for the Rumble. Um most of the build with the Rumble is people saying they're gonna win the Rumble when they're clearly not. Um but yeah, then we get the Stone Call medical update. I need a question answered. Is this the broken neck? Yeah. Well uh,
0: okay. Well, he broke the neck back in ninety seven and then he came he managed to come back and then obviously he had issues since then that eventually came to the point where like you need this surgery and he's been putting it off and putting it off. Uh and then like, cause, like in the weeks we were watching before Survivor series where he got written out, you could tell like how bad a shape he was Because it got Let's to the see. point where when he did wrestle, which was sparingly, it would be like more of a brawl than a match. And then it gets to the point where, like, he was even ref and he was being special guest ref for matches to like keep the exit bay and like, do a stunner every now and then.
1: And yeah, then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the stunner would doing the stunner would just push your spine further, like compress your spine even further. Because you're gonna hit your. It's a lot of it's a lot of shock factor when you're doing the stunner. Was this? Was, did he get? How did he get written off? Was this the getting hit by the car? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when did he get hit by the car? You got hit by the car. At Survivor Series. Okay. And then, so at this point, is that kind of, is a rumble feud kind of, like, meaning that that kind of thing is being ignored and it's about to be reignited again after the rumble? Like, there's nobody really, because I didn't have any segments here where people were trying to investigate who ran him over.
0: Well, for the first couple of weeks after the rumble, they had, like, police detectives going around everybody. that went to The Rock, who they discovered it was his rental car, but The Rock said, well, if you did your job, you'd know I reported that car stolen. And then, like, they went to DX because also Triple H would have a reason to want to take out uh, Austin. And then they went to Vince because, like, Vince and Austin have history. And, like, I think after a couple of weeks, they stopped it uh, because they realized, like, we don't know when Austin's going to be back, so we can't keep this going until he he comes back when we don't know when he's coming back. And they gave us the update because, like, this is when we finally got the surgery. And then, like, he's just making a one-off appearance uh, later on, two thousand around April for backlash, and then goes away again. And then his full time return wouldn't come until September. So like he had to take a lot of time off
1: for this, this injury. Oh, I remember! And, I, I remember his return. I, I've seen his return from the broken neck. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I was just I just had to answer a few questions regarding Stone Cold there because I was confused as to which angle it was.
0: Yeah, like they mentioned, this is they did this exact same update uh, on Raw. Uh, the doc- the doctor, by the way, his- I love his name, Dr. Lloyd Youngblood, which is one of the names, like, it's too, like, perfect for wrestling to be fake. Like, the fact that Ricky Steamboat's real name is Dick Blood.
1: <laughs> oh my god, wrestling! Wrestling!
0: Um... But I think a lot of the updates that he- the guy gives is, like, legit, like, what was wrong with-, with Austin, like, with his neck, like, they were moving, like, bone spurs, and, like, Stuff that was like compressing on like his spine, and to so, like the bone like elasticity, which is why he was gone for so long. And like the guy even said, like up to like a minimum of like six months before Austin comes back. So basically, people went up to like, like we we know you want Austin back. Like, like this is how long he's going to be, and like but he will come back at some point, hopefully. Because like for a few weeks when they whether there would be like mass brawls in the weeks following Survivor people weren't still not sure how long was going to be until Austin came back because they were used to like people almost like dying on TV and then come back the following week, so you'd have a chance of people going, Austin, Austin, not realising like, Austin's not coming out.
1: Yeah. Um, the next segment is probably the weirdest reason for a match to be dq I've ever seen in my life.
0: Oh, God. Gangrel versus Edge. As we said earlier, Edge, the judge, apparently in the Mr. Rumble contest, he comes out without Christian, no explanation to where Christian is because uh, it does seem like the Christian Edge had a bit of a dissension after well, not dissension, but they had a bit of a disagreement after Raw, where like uh, Christian accidentally not him wear Godfather's hose, and then Edge went to check on her and Godfather's hose he fall off the apron and like slow motion, like, oh, hell I'm falling, like, like drama student, first year drama student level acting uh, and Edge went to check on her and Chris it means he wasn't there for a which cost them imagine and and Godfather. So you think like, are they teasing the between Edge and Christian? And then, like, Godfather giving the hose to Edge and Christian, but the hose all ignored Christian and go to Edge. Because I've heard Bruce Pritchard before say that at one point there was a plan to break Edge and Christian up before Mania 2000, but Edge and Christian fought to stay together as a team. So I wonder down there and I see think like, uh, maybe this is where they wanted them making a breakup. Because clearly they're like, Oh, Edge is so good-looking. Everybody
1: loves him. Not, not not so much Christian. No, 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 no. Vince wants to put a blue dot over Christian's face. That's how ugly he is. Um, I can't believe that's, that was still a pitch. I can't believe they were going to turn Christian into a blue dot. Um, but, yeah, before we get to Gangrel and Luna's entrance, the APA we went to the bar where the outlaws were. Shocker. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually
0: later on. I think it comes out as much. But they did have, like, uh, Bra- Brooke and Barrett at one point watching the watching the television, say so like, hmm, who should go for a drink? And uh, uh, Brooke's like, Hmm, yeah, my throat's a little dry. Let's let's go get a drink. Oh and sorry, like, oh, oh sorry,
1: that's what that was. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, the setup before the setup of the sixth bar segment of the night. I
0: know. And like, the gang Grill Edge thing, like they were part of the brood for like ninety eight, ninety nine, When of the most fondly remember like groups of the attitude there, mainly for their entrance. And So, naturally, the commentators made all of zero mention of their time in the brood.
1: Yeah, um, and then um, Luna uh, was a big part in this match, more than Edge and Gangrel, sadly. More than Gangrel, Edge was a big part of it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How long did this match go before shit hit the fan?
0: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it went
1: more than two minutes,
0: because like... I yeah. Grell was kind of on offense more than Edge. Like, he hits him with, like, a... He's beating him up in the corner, Edge does manage to a Russian leg sweep, which is most of his offense. He hits a dive over the top to Gagre, rolls him back in, but then Luna's, like, whispering in his ear, and Edge just kind of, like, trying to get her away from him. Because, like, you remember, all well, Luna's in the contest. She's trying to influence when the judges. Uh, and then all... Which I, which I briefly forgot about that he was a judge in that contest.
1: Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I forgot, and I was like, "What? What is she whispering? Is she like turning on Gangrel? What the hell's happening? What's this? I'm very confused." And I was like, "Oh no, it's about this." I, I, yeah, because all the women come
0: out, like everyone, all the women, and they all come out and be this is the closest thing to an actual woman segment we get, and it's not even you can't even call it that because it comes out in the middle of an actual match.
1: Yeah, um, and then May Young just sticks her tongue down Edge's throat, and that's what caused the DQ. No, I don't
0: think it's a DQ. I think Edge was on the outside, I think Edge got counted out.
1: Was it? Oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. But that's, that's why I interpreted it as because referee was counting and not like saying anything. that like, he just kept counting while Edge was like fending off all these women.
1: Yeah. Um. So May kisses her, and then Jerry Lawler is just incredibly misogynistic on commentary. <laughs> um. Beyond beyond comprehension, it's vile. I wonder what what do you think what do you think uh, the whim, the female people in the audience thought of, or people watching at home thought when Jerry Lawler opened his my own commentary? Do you think they were just like, yeah, that's our place in society, or do you think they were kind of like, fuck you?
0: Uh, I think there were some who were like, fuck you, someone probably thought, ah, oh, it's just part of the show, but, you know, I, I doubt there were anybody who thought, oh, well, that's just what
1: women do, but yeah no, yeah, no, I mean that, and it's hard to phrase it. It's like, yeah, do you think it's like in terms of did people say okay or did people say fuck you? Basically,
0: I think the fact that he was he stuck around for so long in his position, I think shows that people just like accepted it really, and no, one, nothing was really
1: done about it. Yeah, he's, that's not what we're here to talk about, but it's just, it's such a common theme throughout it, he can't help but like, the commentators just don't want, don't get a word in, because Jerry Lawler's just there being like, oh, Matt Young's so old, and she's so ugly, and this is just, yeah, it's just takes away from the funny moment of it, but um, it was certainly a very Attitude Era segment. Yeah, and they mentioned, like,
0: hey, so trying to get away from his own, like, oh, you said this guy's engaged, like, he shouldn't. He's not going to let any of them try and influence him, which he is. Like they mentioned it a few weeks ago that legit, like, Venus' sister is engaged to Edge. Uh, they mentioned it a few weeks ago that when when Edge was having a match with Val, and uh, I mentioned this last week, but uh, Edge is married to Val's sister. Ended in '05 when it came out that uh, like, Edge and Lita were having an affair.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that storyline. Um, but but yeah, uh, that segment was was a thing. It was a thing. Certainly. It was a thing. Uh, it was a thing. Hashtag wrestling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then we moved, What 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 came after this? I'm pretty sure we're, we're, we're back at the bar. We're back at the bar, are we? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because my notes say Lumberjack time. <laughs> and then the next note, never mind, back to the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think because like, the Lumberjacks are coming out. Like, there's
0: a bar segment. Lumberjacks come out, back for break, the final bar segment, then into the match. So it's very
1: disjointed in the order this goes. Yeah, yeah, Scott, I wonder what's going to happen in this bar. I I think there's there's, there's just going to be a few drinks.
0: (laughs) The accolades show up, they sit down at the bar, and immediately the bar clears out for all, except for all, but a few people who are like, these guys that are hanging around the accolades, the the outlaws, like everybody clears it because like, oh God, we remember what happened last time these guys were here. And like, I think there's a second bartender who then leaves as well. So Bradshaw goes behind the bar and goes, oh well, I guess it's self-service. <laughs> and uh, he looks at all this broken glass over the bar from when uh, Eddie snatched that bottle over the other bartender's head, and uh, then like Bradshaw's like, "Oh my god, look, it's the tag team champions of the world." Like yeah. my dog, my dog yeah. would not forgive me if I didn't get a picture with the road dog.
1: Yeah, um, JBL acting like the bully, great <laughs> character, great character.
0: Well, you Car- know, it's always great characters in wrestling. Always your extension of your own personality. That's. You
1: know? that's- that's it. I've sadly learned to not, <laughs> come to learn that in uh, the past few years. Um, amazing how he we went from being like a beer drinker and like one of those like the cool dude, the cool guys, to being like a pompous, a pompous money loving prick in like later. The blah, 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 it's crazy. That is must be the most drastic character change in. In like, there's been character change like the the fiend and sort of that, but going from being a Blue collar beer drinking guy who would murder people with a clothesline to a guy who bribes people for his friendship and cheats and doesn't like does like I think JBL's uh, money character would look down on people like Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to see that contrast now when you look through it. Look through it with like a twenty twenty lens. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, because like that's how. It... Because like it kind of happened like within say a week, like one week the APA are suddenly no more. He's like beer drinking, uh, uh, Bradshaw. The APA break up in one episode. The so matter following week he's out as JBL, and like even the commentators are confused about it. So like he just goes to the show it just it was a turn as it seems. Uh, and all that these guys who are hanging around playing pool with doubt was are like, oh don't worry, we got you back. We got you back. Like you're the exact same guys who got beaten up by the. Actually, it's the last time they were in this bar. What the fuck are <laughs> you gonna do?
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, uh, it's no surprise that the APA come out on top on the bar bro. Um and for no reason whatsoever, JBL just breaks the light with a chair at the end. I think it's maybe because they mentioned
0: Boston. it was a Boston like light and like something about the joke, joke about the Red Sox. Your local sports team, I don't understand the reference. Uh, outlaws uh, sneak out the back door while their compatriots get beat the shit beat
1: out of them yeah um, yeah your local sports team sucks is always a good one that was another one that I ticked off the bingo list um, I hope WWE have good insurance because that, bro- that bar got fucked up I know like Tim Way has got
0: to have like, some faith that the WFO him for this because like, his bar just gets fucked up every
1: time they go <laughs> he must be in the front row all the time um, but yeah, and then we get back to the arena. Jesus, everything has just happened at once.
0: Yeah, so now we're here for the, the triple threat match, and it's very chaotic. You know, people trying to like everybody try to fight each other. You know, the two on ones, like there's a point where Kane and The Rock try to double team Big Show, and Big Show just dives in with a flying, cro- flying like clothesline on both of them.
1: Yeah, so just, um. Right. But like in similar vein, this match doesn't last very long. <laughs> it's, the cleanest, it's one of the cleanest finishes we get to any match on this card. <laughs> yeah. On this show. And that's saying something, because it was far from clean. No.
0: Because we said it didn't end a DQ, because this is one of the only matches that can't end in a DQ. But, you know, there's a little bit of Rock and Big Show trying to get each other, and Kane also happens to be there. Uh, Kane hits an interview on the, the Big show. And then randomly, like, you know, like, basically this match says that here are the three guys who realistically win the Rumble. You know, like, we've got a deep mid-card. A bunch of these guys are in the ring, will we'll be in the Rumble. But realistically, it's going to be one of these three. Like, don't kid yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, Kane, an enzig- Kane hits an enziguri is a sentence I never thought I'd hear.
0: <laughs> well, it's not like your typical enziguri. It's just like you just managed to elevate his, his foot off the ground long enough to catch Big Show because <laughs> <laughs> who's holding his other foot.
1: Yeah, the Shemales finish on chair shots again. Was there chair shots in this again?
0: I don't think there were really chair shots but like, yeah, randomly, like, you know the main issues between Rock and Big Show I think they're making it obvious that it's going to come down to these two probably as the last at the rumble. Uh, a Big Show just grabs Rock with one hand and just hoys him over the top rope. It's like, oh, because like, like, I I think the Rock was going to win this and like, oh, well there goes the Rock and then Big Show slams Kane, Rock comes back in, they have a bit of a fight. Kane then decides, like, like looks up at Rock. I don't know if Kane realized Rock was already eliminated, because Kane just then hits Rock, and Rock goes out again. Big Show runs at Kane, and Kane kind lifts Big Show over, um, over his head and to the outside, and Kane won, which I bought for, because Kane is my favorite wrestler.
1: Oh, Kane kind of is your favorite wrestler, is he?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, chemical. He is a great entrance team. We did an entrance team uh, tournament on uh, the podcast, and he got to the final or semi-final, I think. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, I, I I'd love to watch. Like Kane back then seems like so much better than how he was booked um, post unmasking and then masking again. Maybe he had a he had a good spot. He had a good comedy run with Daniel Bryan, but um, and the team the. Pre-stage the health stuff with John Cena, even though it buried Zack Ryder and really was really awkward. Um, it was really good, but like I, 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 I ripping the door off the hinges, Kane uh, sounds uh, a lot better. Yeah,
0: because like Kane for a goodwill, like because like you have this, you got this year where he's won this match, and then you like you got the next year is when he'll like set that record for the Rumble eliminations. So like they really do a good job of establishing Kane as a threat because like I said, the last week or so has been like oh it's probably going to continue rocking big shows like that showing and then kane kind of reminds like like don't forget me like i'm like seven foot as well like i could easily throw any of you over the top ropes. and so kane gets one to remind you that he's also a threat and literally no no sooner has kane like declared the winner for everybody who's around the outside and now in the ring fighting each other for
1: reasons yeah reasons um Everyone just starts beating the crap out of each other. It's kind of like what happened on AEW last week with the just Just Everybody's mm-hmm. a problem with each other for no reason whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've come to expect it. I was like, at the, end, at the start of the show, I was like, why is this happening? And then at the end, I was like, I hate it, but it's happening, and I've got to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because Kane uh, like, just finally gets up by the boss and then everybody's fighting each other and usually these segments in later years would end with like somebody standing tall at the end like, oh, could this be the fate of the Rumble? Could it be this person that wins? And it never usually is. But then it just like, it just cuts to commercial break while everyone's still in the ring and it cuts back. And when it comes back, it's randomly Stephanie and Triple H saying goodbye to Xbox and then just nothing happens. Just Xbox just leaves the arena and then we cut back to uh, a Triple H promo to end the show. So we don't see who came up on top of that. She was just, like, did everyone brawl? And then just at a certain point, everyone said, like, all right, that's enough brawl in there. We'll casually fail
1: to the back and single in an orderly queue. Yeah. Um It's like, I hate you, but let's walk to the back because that's our job. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just logic. Logic. Love logic. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then the best moment of the night was save for the main. I thought this was going to be the main event. When I was, like, picturing my head, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There was going to be something at the end. I was like, oh. Triple H gets 20 minutes at the end of the show, but it turned into the best segment of the night.
0: Yeah, I think they learned from the previous week that, obviously, like the big Triple H man came, the Triple H, uh, H Cactus Jack stuff they learned from last week that that's the most interesting story on this show. So, like, close out with it, especially given it's your world title match. You know, this is the go home, this is your last chance. Even though most people have probably decided I'm going to buy the pay per view at this point, they're probably like, here's your final go home, like, get the, get these people's money and get them into this match.
1: Uh, yeah, exa- yeah exactly like you really do need a good go home show like AEW had one of the best go home shows I've ever seen this week cuz they built all of the matches on the card to a T with great promos and this is an example of early stage go home shows capturing like I'd say the last thing you see is that brawl you're like oh shit I want to see these guys rip each other apart at the pay-per-view. I'd say this did I'd say this did infinitely more buys than it would have if um, if uh, that's final segment wasn't on mm. so
0: Triple H comes out with Stephanie, he, uh, he reminds us of what happened at the Royal Rumble in 1899 where Mankind obviously, was handcuffed in the rock hit all those, all those chair shots, even in a talking segment we still get unprotected chair shots just like as the theme of the shows is Unprotected Chair Shots the Musical is the title of this episode and it reminded us of like, Mankind's children had to watch it as captured on the Beyond the Mat documentary. These like, kids were crying, seeing what happened. So when your wife was crying, but she was probably acting because she probably hates you more than I do. <laughs> and they said, like, make sure, make, make sure your kids don't watch this year's Warrior Rumble because what I do to you, cat, is going to be far, far worse. So Triple H making it personal by bringing up uh, Foley's family.
1: Yeah, Dewey Foley got to mention. Yup Dewey, who is was a backstage producer now.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, at least it was for a while. uh Noel, who uh, I think at one point they had that reality show. Her and Mick, where Noel wanted to be a wrestler and then got injured and decided, no, nah, I'm not going to be a wrestler.
1: Yeah, I hate to I hate to be a shilly segue, but the guy who trained Noel, uh, Dan Barry, there's an uh, is known as the adopted son of Ireland here in the. Uh, Ireland because he came over and wrestled for a promotion called OTT here in Ireland and got so over with the fans, um and has been back a lot since. And I've actually my one my first interview on this podcast was on the Holy Wrestling podcast was with Dan Barry, um and we did speak about how he got onto um, uh Holy Foley and how that was for him and like how it was training and being behind WWE production. So it's a very interesting story. He's uh the story behind like the Fo- Fo- Foley's, Foley's Personal life is just as interesting as his uh, his love for Christmas and his uh, his um, just how how genuinely downhearted he seems. Um, it's really cool. So sorry, sorry for the segue there, but that was a yeah. little little thing there. Uh, that's cool, that's cool.
0: Uh, I think I've, I've heard only a little bit of it of it, Dan Barry. Like I, I know of like OTT and everything, but I only know a little bit. him being the adopted son and that, so yeah, I'm pretty sure some people who watch OTT will probably appreciate that segue and some people probably didn't know about that he was up and trained Noel. So you know, there's a lot of a factor. So you've helped, you've helped yeah.
1: to educate people. You know, every day is a school day. Yeah, no, he uh, he was so over that we had chance for Dan Barry to the tune of John Cena's team song, the Star <laughs> Wars team tune, um, Fandango's team song. We had about ten or eleven chances. I've never seen someone more over on his debut than Dan Barry. It's it was crazy. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, shout out to Dan, it's really cool. But yeah, um, yeah. No, this was um, like I don't think kids in general should watch <laughs> should watch this. To be honest, um, so I hope his kids were not watching it anyway. But uh, when he came out it was amazing. It was a really really cool moment to watch. And then Curtis does
0: come out and says like you're you're right. My kids shouldn't see this, but not because of what you do to me, but because of what I'm going to do to you. I don't want them to look into their father's eyes and see that he likes. Inflicting pain on other people, and he says, "Like I'm not gonna just bring chairs, or or any other sorts of weapons." He goes, "I'm gonna bring some little metallic friends and turn Triple H into a human pin cushion." And then he says that although my kids are actually watching tonight, and I think it would be wouldn't be fair if I didn't give them just a little taste of what I'm going to do here at the Rumble. Like they're not going to watch the Rumble on Sunday, but they're watching this show. So you're telling me they've just seen the replay of the thing from last year that traumatised them. So, like, it's probably worse that they're watching Smackdown.
1: Yeah. Um, I have on my notes, before Fowler came out, that Triple H likes seeing children cry. Nice. Um,
0: also, also, weird weird note that definitely how big her smile kept getting is more to wish to screen what he was going to uh, do to Mick is like to like... If he gets turned on by Triple H, to talk about how he's going to hurt
1: people. Yeah. Uh, nah, no King Shaman. Like, no King Shaman. <laughs> um, great. I love the way they keep this. I, I I, know it's his name, but I love the way Triple H keeps referring to him <laughs> as if his first name is actually Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Cactus, Cactus Man. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I love K-Fabe. Yeah. Um, Pretty yeah. I've sure, read Big Foley's
0: like first book, like because I've been meaning to read it for and I finally read it like this past year, and I'm pretty sure he he revealed like his dad's name's Jack. And I think randomly as a joke when he was kid, when they were kids, he once 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 or twice referred to his dad as Cactus Jack. Uh, whenever his dad got like really angry, as like a a dad's like nickname for his dad. So that, I think that's part of the inspiration for Cactus Jack.
1: Yeah. Um. It was just hilarious. It's it's it, it, that's a cool story, and it's just Mick Foley is so interesting. I'd love to interview mm-hmm. him. The amount of direction you could go when you're interviewing Mick Foley, that's definitely a book list. Probably never I'm going to have him, but my god, he is an interesting story. Um, then a brawl ensued, didn't it? Really, he said he was going to yeah. give him a previewer Yeah,
0: you got to give them a preview. Of what's to come You know, they do a thing like before mankind turned into eight back to cat the check, like he got pedigreed to the table, on an episode of Raw by Triple H. So like they go like repeat that. Then Cactus reverses it and a uh, pile driver on the end uh, table and it doesn't break, which uh, you still gotta think I must have been a bastard to do like safely. And then also use like, again chair shot. And then uh, Triple H is lying all across the table as mankind as Cactus Jack. I'm so used to calling him mankind. Uh, Cactus poses with the championship belt, which is never a good sign when the person challenging for the I uh, one of go home angles holds the belt up because like ninety nine point nine percent of those people who do that never walk out with a pay-per-view. With yeah a you should
1: never yeah you should never do that and you should never win on a go home show. Um Michael, Hull, or in Michael your hometown. Yeah not in your home no you don't that that that's just an official rule. Um <laughs> but yeah Michael Cole seemed to have taken helium before the brawl ensued because he just went really, really really high and squeaky. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Triple H bleeds from the mouth and Cactus Jack stands tall. And that's what we see when we go out. And people probably bought that pay-per-view mm-hmm. infinitely more times than it would have. Um, more people would have bought that pay-per-view than before this segment happened.
0: Yeah, I really think this is the perfect go-home like angle for this. Uh, with Triple H and Cactus Jack, it's probably like the match that everybody goes away from the Royal Rumble 2000 talking about. And that seems something given that obviously everybody looks forward to like, the Rumble and everybody, like, even a shit Royal Rumble is a good Royal Rumble because like there's always something to talk about.
1: Yeah, um, it's really cool that I got the connection between like this being a great, good ho- go home angle and, for my opinion, for my money, the best go home show in history just happened last night on AEW. Um, so it's really cool to see the link between how you do a good go home show, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which WWE these days seem to get quite wrong at the best of times, so it's really cool to see that kind of link between um, a great go-home angle, making people want to buy the pay-per-view, because I know people who weren't interested in Full Gear before this, who are going to go and buy the pay-per-view just because of that show last night and same here, as I said probably increased the buy pay-per-view buy rate by about 10% It's thing about the Rumble
0: like I said, like, everybody like, look forward to the Rumble, like, legit, like I remember watching the, the Royal Rumble uh, this year in 2020, and which it feels weird that there's actually a few months in 2020 where he could gather with more than six people in the one household but like we were watching the rumble and somebody mentioned that oh I, they put somebody the other day who said like well i don't i'm not actually a fan of the royal rumble and like we were all immediately like oh fuck it oh, all like that didn't happen just like feel so, like i've never heard a heard soul the entire time i've been a fan never heard one person ever say that they don't like a royal rumble oh yeah Even
1: <laughs> non-wrestling fans know the royal rumble like it's-
0: He's like, he's like, you know, people who have like these, like, oh, unpopular opinion hot take. I don't like this thing that everybody else like. Like, no, nobody does. Like, oh, unpopular opinion. I don't like the rumble because, like, we, you know, for a fact that people aren't going to believe because no one hates the rumble.
1: Yeah you can't. It's stupid, but it's brilliantly stupid. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, great go-home angle, amazing go-home angle, and it makes me want to watch the pay view I might stick on that pay view when I'm not like working tomorrow. Let's. Literally, it's done its job and 20 years later still.
0: <laughs> that's, that's just the magic of Smackdown, but before we, we, we sign off, I'm going to ask you for a couple of things to ask for, for everybody who comes on this. Uh, yeah. Uh, between a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle or thumbs down, where you're, what your rating would be for this episode and is there one match or segment that you would tell people to go out their way to watch if they they were going to watch this
1: back? Um... If there was ever like a, you know, if you're talking about like a, a compass, like north, northeast, like a like a half thumbs up, it would be that. But I, I'm gonna go with the good stuff outweighed the bad stuff, and the bad stuff I enjoyed because how of, of how bad of how bad it was. It was like mm-hmm. so good it's bad. So I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. And the segment I would go out of the way to watch is the final segment because it will make you want to watch mankind. You've got not only have you got the rumble, you've got Cactus Jack versus Triple H and. I, I'm not going to say anything because you're, you're re, uh, reviewing it, but it's an amazing match, um, and that build was insane. So yeah, go and watch that, and then watch the Rumble, um, and listen to this review of the Rumble and SmackDown, and then and enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I got a thumbs up too because like I like the opening segment between the Rock, by Show, and Kane. Even though that match that it sets up is a bit weird, like like the concept of it, but I like seeing Kane win. I like that like they book ended up with like segments that helped build to the rumble and did what they were supposed to do yeah there was some like shit in the middle but like the stuff that they needed to do, like the bar segments uh, I like seeing because oh, it's nice to see some actual build to that tag title match that's happening at the rumble uh, so basically the good like you said outweighed the bad, the stuff that actually made you want to watch the rumble did its job and like the, the filler stuff didn't make me any less excited for the rumble I'm still hyped to, to go back and watch it and get to talk about it again so yeah Definitely thumbs up and I'd agree with the closing setting. I didn't think they'd be able to do as good a segment as the Captain Shack reveal last week, and I still like that segment more. But, you know, they did a hell of a job of getting me, like, inflated that if I was in a position where I had to buy the preview, I definitely would be buying it after that angle.
1: Uh, yeah, so yeah, I I think we've probably agreed that the good, down mm-hmm. the bad.
0: 100%, but... Uh, Thank you so much for, for joining for this. Uh, if people aren't familiar with, like you mentioned, uh, your podcast there, if people aren't familiar with that and stuff you do association with like Project it's, uh, what are your plugs and where can people find you on uh, social media?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, if you are interested in um, Project Project It has so many podcasts, us being the first signees back uh, in June I think it was, um, and he's built a really, really cool umbrella of really cool podcasts Um we have the full time podcast full uh, plus at a time football podcast with your friend um Nathan and uh, my friend from college, Dara, the two hosts on there, they do amazing football podcasts. You got the Project It's podcast, um we've got the worst wrestling podcast, and then we got us, the hallway Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at hallway Graps Pod. We're really we're nearly at a hundred uh, followers and we'd really, really love like some audience interaction and questions to add some depth to our podcast. So, um so, uh, yeah, we'd love that. Hallway Graphs bought on Twitter. I'm a uh, rain underscore no underscore numbers on Twitter. If you ever want to see, like, really, really shit tweets, uh, I've been trying to comprehend the election the past few weeks. So, yeah, my uh, my, my, my Twitter has been quite interesting. Um, and, um, yeah, Hallway, uh, we're on Spotify and SoundCloud on our own. So, uh, if you just look up Hallway Wrestling Podcasts on either of them, you'll find them um, on DITS, Project DITS. Just look up Project DITS and all the podcasts are on Apple, Spotify, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, anything he has them all up there. Uh, go to go follow his Twitch as well, Project It's. Um, he's trying to get to 50 so he can start making some money off it, and the streams are fantastic. And I don't know, like um like the graphics he makes for a lot of podcasts, he puts a lot of effort into it. So, and um, just go and follow Project It's. And uh, we have merch. So, if you do want to buy a t shirt, t com forward slash hallway wrestling podcast, you're gonna have to look for that because they don't let they, when you go on the website, no matter how much you want to look for it, it doesn't show up. Um, so yeah, we've had like two few people buy some shirts. There's some ma- uh man that genetics forgot shirts, uh, which is my gimmick, um, and uh, <laughs> and some other shirts there. And you can get it on like cups and mugs and stuff. So yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to grow. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming up, potentially some really, really cool announcements coming up soon. Um, and uh, when is this going out, Scott?
0: Uh, we're recording this a uh, week ahead of when it's actually going out because uh week that uh, this has been recorded, you people have heard
1: the uh, the second episode that we did, and this was coming out the uh, the following week. Yeah, um. So, uh, I have an episode of Takeover Throwbacks coming out. It's out now as as we're recording, and then next week I have another episode coming out. And Scott, I would love to have you on to review Takeover with me very soon. Um, that's. Oh, yeah. if it, that's official now. Uh, we look back at all takeovers. So today I reviewed NXT or Revolution with Chris, my good friend Chris um, from England, uh, also on a standido um, uh, Episode five is me and Kieran reviewing Chicago. And episode six is me and Jamie from Ringsiders Wrestling reviewing TakeOver War Games ahead of the War Games uh, that is coming up in a few weeks imminently because William Regal is about to issue that battle cry of War Games and I cannot wait. Um, so yeah. Um, sorry for all the plugs there but we seem to be quite busy at the moment so yeah, just go and follow the Hallway Wrestling Podcast and uh, I really enjoyed being on here so thanks Scott and go listen to Scott as well if you're followers of Scott go listen to Scott Shock <laughs> shock shocking exclamation shock and proclamation there
0: Thank you uh, I do have a lot of plugs as well but thank yeah, I'd love to be on the, the Tegel one because I'm a, a, a big follower of NXT even since like the early days of like 2012 so Let's like, do it I, I've, I've even been to, like a takeover, like the first Blackpool takeover. I was there uh, for well, that. Then,
1: well, then, what do you think we review NXT Take NXT UK takeover, Blackpool? Then
0: cool, because I'd love to watch that uh, back. Because like I remember, like the, the day it was ended, like I was in university. I, I probably should have said the story for what the fuck I'm telling it now. I was in university the morning. Uh, it went on sale like 10am like, was when the tickets went on sale, and I that's when my lecture started. So like I said, like, I just excused myself. Well, I went to the bathroom and we get try and find some decent I did to buy my tickets for me and my brother, and then uh, like yes, finally after getting through the bullshit of ticket master and passwords, like yes, i was like, fuck it's ten past. We'll I you get back to class.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great story. So we'll tell that and more on the podcast. So here we are officially agreeing that by the time this as this comes out next week, we might or might just be about to record NXT take NXT takeover throwbacks, NXT UK takeover Blackpool with me and Scott. So that is a facial name.
0: Well, be sure I listen to that when it comes out everything else that like you said Bit Project Dits and the Hallway Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can follow Rogue Pines at Rogue underscore Pines on Instagram. Uh, we've got a, a website fantastic articles going out uh, every single week on wrestling, football and all sorts. Uh, if I can ever like, get off my arse and actually uh, focus on writing one, I'll probably post one <laughs> myself. Uh, listen back to the old episodes of this, Uh, review with likes of uh, Dits and some of the other guests I've got. I've got two guests that have both been on separately uh, in the past of this review that are coming back together uh, for the Royal Rumble review. I'm going to keep who it is uh, to myself for now. Uh, But I look forward to talking about the Rumble. I've got some good guests lined up. Took out uh, the other stuff we've been doing, like Grapple Updates, me, Jimmy and Nathan. We've got a Survivor Series Fantasy Booking Podcast, which I don't know if it will be out yet, but the day it comes out, go and watch it, because the thing that Nathan put together is, honestly, it's
1: uh, it has to be heard, listened to, to be believed. Uh, uh, Bantam- yeah, we, um, we also, there's also a word that me and Nathan are going to be on a, uh, fan, uh, are building our dream survivor series teams with a lot of the podcasts on Project It soon. So listen out for that soon because that should be, we're recording that next week and it sounds like six of us on a podcast arguing about who is the better team. That sounds like a bit of entertainment. Oh, uh, you to
0: get back to the music podcast again if you're into your football, also. A recent, Kyle even started a podcast, a great bit of off if you're into that. I <laughs> agree, uh, I love that. You can check me out, I mentioned Eat Sleep at Outtreat at You know, I host a show there called Saturday Draft Live, where we try and uh, we basically talk about a fantasy uh, wrestling league we've got going and trying to uh, big ourselves up and big up why our teams are better than anyone else's. I host a show about New Japan, there's shows about all the weeks in wrestling, there's interviews. Obviously, not that many given the current circumstances. But, you know, there's an old one with Ricky Starks that I did before he went to AEW. So, you know, go we'll back and check that out. Uh, my other podcast got on Paul's Alan Podcast where I did that uh, review for about the British Bulldog and SummerSlam 92. That was part of our third year anniversary. Part of a new, like, throwback kind of thing. Although well, We're not calling it. It's called From the Vault because uh, my co-host Paul has a vast library of wrestling VHSs to choose from to, to see what we review uh god's sake we've got so much going on it's a wonder we ever have a chance to breathe or even record this podcast
1: yeah um no honestly you seem like a very busy man and a very talented man and i love all the work that you're doing i've, I've been i've been listening to eat sleep super sweet tweet a lot um i listen to a lot of interviews and uh you're definitely have a lot on your plate but everything on your plate is cooked nicely <laughs> there's your <laughs> there's your analogy um but yeah no um this has been a really, really good, really, really good crack to kind of switch off from college work. So, um, so yeah, um, just want to say thanks. That's that's all I can say, I, I, and I can't wait to record with you again for Takeover to Robux.
0: Um I can't wait for that too. I can't wait also for the rubble. So be sure to stay tuned to the Twitter account that, uh, that Rain said and the at Project that's as well to hear about when that takeover is going to show is going to come out, and stay tuned at gonna score Squarespace for the upcoming Rumble review. But until then, everybody, bye-bye.